Welcome to the Dream to Destination podcast. Around here, we believe that solo travel is the ultimate freedom. It is also one of the quickest paths to empowerment and personal growth. Have you been dreaming about it, but unsure if you have the confidence to travel solo? Well, I'm here to tell you that you most certainly do. How do I know? Easy. Because if I do, and millions of other women do, then so do you. Hi, I'm Shelly of TravelMexicoSolo.com. Join me here on this podcast each Monday to learn the tried and true tips, tricks, and mindset hacks that I used while traveling solo in Mexico for over two years. You'll also hear stories from other solo female travelers on how they transcended their fears and anxieties to step into their confidence and explore the world solo. So if you're ready to turn your dream of solo travel into your destination, then this podcast was made for you. Now let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dream to Destination. Um, first off, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that so much and you so much for doing so. Uh, this episode is honestly probably my favorite one that I have recorded thus far because it is about my very favorite topic and that is tacos. <laughs> So if you're going to be traveling to Mexico, if you want to travel to Mexico, like we can be real, real talk here. 50% of the reason you want to is for the tacos. And I support that very much because in Mexico, every day is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> so this is based off of my blog, which is titled 50 of the best tacos in Mexico City with a free Google map of where to find them. And yeah, you heard that right, 50 of the best tacos in Mexico City. I went a little crazy because I lived in Mexico City for almost a year and I ate my fair share of tacos. I ate all the kinds of tacos. And yes, there are many kinds of tacos, which is something um, Americans don't tend to know that we're not just talking chicken, beef, or veggie here. You know, we're talking about like actually completely different kinds of tacos, different days of the week and times of the day they're eaten. Tacos are, tacos are life in Mexico. <laughs> tacos are the heartbeat of the country of Mexico. So if you are in search of the best tacos in Mexico City, you have come to the right place. Because like I said, there is a free Google map for you to find them all. And I'm going to link this uh, the blog in the show notes so you can grab that Google map for yourself. Now as a bona fide taco junkie you have come to a great source for Mexico City taco info. Uh, like I said I lived there for a while. I have also eaten at a good amount of the city's like foodie famous big big name restaurants including Pujol where I've eaten at there more than once. Quinto Neal, Maximo Bistro, Rosetta, Cafe Nin, Panaderia Rosetta. I, I've, I've been to, I got around as far as food goes in Mexico City. And I can say this with full certainty. 
if you want to understand Mexico City through food, you need to seek out the 50 cent tacos over the fancy restaurants all day. Now, like, that's no shade, by the way. Those places were incredibly amazing. But that was, it was, it's just a different experience. Like, for me, the real Mexican food kind of happens on the street. In fine dining, it is definitely elevated. It's taking that food and elevating it in the way fine dining does. But if you really want to go understand something, you go to the source. And Mexico source food happens on the street and in the tiny restaurants. So, yeah, Mexican food in Mexico City is the real deal. Eating basically anything in Mexico City means you're going to the source. So for a lot of Americans, they think they know Mexican food and like they might be like, oh, this is a really authentic place in my city. And they're like, it's just not, um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, we don't even get the same ingredients that they get in Mexico. Like, you know, when you go to a grocery store and you want to buy a chili pepper, there's like two or three kinds. Like, there's like 15 kinds in Mexico. Like, it's, it's just like a different, it's a different kind of, it's a different situation when you get here to actually eat. And in fact... Mexican food is so amazing that in 2010, UNESCO, the United Nations, declared it an intangible cultural heritage of mankind, which in, in real words means that Mexican food is a crucial element of the national identity of the country. So eating food, eating tacos in Mexico, this is the stuff you're picturing when you Google authentic Mexican food near me. This is what you're hoping pops up when you Google best tacos near me. But in reality, you kind of have to go to Mexico City to eat that kind of stuff. So even the UN knows what's up, declaring Mexican food as a cultural treasure of mankind. Like that's crazy, but hashtag truth. So Reigning supreme in the Mexican food hierarchy is the taco. Chilangos, which is slang for someone who lives in Mexico City or someone who's from Mexico City, they regularly joke about having their daily vitamin tea, and the tea, of course, means tacos, but as also other things starting with tea, which is tortas, tamales, some other, some other tea things. But it's tacos. It's all about eating tacos every single day of the week. So... Now that the seriousness of this humble food is kind of out of the way, I'm going to introduce you to 10 types of tacos that you definitely should and hopefully will eat when you get to Mexico City. All right, let's dive in. Okay, so I kind of lied a little-ish. We are for sure going to talk about tacos, but I think before we get to tacos, there is something super important that you need to understand about one of the one of the three ingredients of a taco. So a taco basically consists of three things, a tortilla, a filling, usually a meat, and salsa. So this is everything that you need to know about salsas in Mexico. They are all spicy. 
I like spicy food. I have a pretty high spice food tolerance. I get told a lot that I eat very spicy food for an American from Mexicans. So while of course everyone's, you know, tolerance for spice differs. So one person's, oh my God, spiciest thing ever is another person's like, oh, that wasn't spicy at all. So that's definitely the truth. But the point of salsa in the taco is to add heat. So there's going to be heat in salsa in every single one in varying degrees. So fact, all salsas are spicy. This is so emphatically true that there is a Mexican expression that goes, cuando un mexicano dice que la salsa no pica, seguro pica y bastante. And that literally translates to if a Mexican tells you that this salsa isn't spicy, it's actually quite spicy. But the expression implies something a little different. And the subtext here is letting you know that if this Mexican man <laughs> tells you the salsa is not spicy, you can be sure that he is a liar <laughs> because of course the salsa is spicy because all Mexican salsas are spicy. So you should never trust anything that he tells you ever again. So the salsas are spicy. <laughs> Even if someone's like, oh, it's not that spicy. It's still spicy. That's the point of salsa in Mexican cooking and in tacos. So depending on how hot you like it, it's now the ball is now in your court. And for those who like zero heat in their food, always order with the request sin picante, por favor, which means not spicy, please. Um, and instead you can opt for adding onion, cilantro, salt, lime juice, and, and just use that as seasoning too. So pro tip, although Mexican food is an internationally protected UNESCO treasure and gift to mankind, <laughs> Mexicans don't mind when you order it that way. Um, I know certain countries um, have that reputation, like, you know, Italy and France, I think, definitely have that reputation for being a little more like you don't really question the chef. You just eat it the way it comes to you. And it's not the case in Mexico. If you want, if you want something not spicy, it's, it's really not a big deal. So one other very crucial thing and counterintuitive to how we view spices, uh, salsas in the US is that the green salsa is usually hotter than the red salsa. Now, this could be not true at certain taquerias where you're getting tacos, but as a general rule, I find that the green is, is much hotter than the red. So depending on where you're eating, there could be 10 different varieties of salsa offered. But at nearly every street food stand and taqueria, which is a taco restaurant, there will always be at least two, and that's going to be a green and a red. But remember, they are all spicy. So the way Mexicans determine the, the salsa spice level is by putting a small drop of the salsa onto their hand in the little space between the thumb and the pointer finger. So if you make an L with your, your pointer finger and your thumb, that little space right in between, You'll take the spoon from the salsa, you'll put like a little drop right there and you can just lick it off of your hand. Um, after you tasted it, you decide if you want it on your taco or if you want another one. Now, I love this technique. It has saved me and my tacos countless times and it's totally socially acceptable to put a drop of salsa on your hand and lick it off. So. What do, we, what do we need to know about salsas? One, they're all spicy. 
two, the green is usually hotter than the red, and three, you are allowed to taste test your salsa before you commit. Okay, now we are gonna talk about los tacos, the tacos. Okay, so we are gonna talk about tacos now. Um, you, you might know this, you might not. The undisputed king of Mexico City tacos is the tacos al pastor, which are pork tacos with the red color that you've probably seen and the pineapple is usually included in a pastor. So funny enough, these king of, of Mexico City tacos are actually from the Middle East. Uh, you may have noticed that how the meat is cooked on what is called a trompo is an Arabian style spit that meat is, is commonly cooked on. You've probably seen this with a gyro or hiro, however that's correctly pronounced or with, um, with a shawarma. So little known fact that Mexico actually had a tremendous influx of Middle Eastern immigrants, which were mostly from, from Lebanon. And this occurred from the late 1800s through the 1930s. So about 130 years. And, you know, of course they brought with them their, their design aesthetic. Like you'll see so many buildings throughout Mexico and especially in Mexico City where there, you can just tell that there's like a Middle Eastern architecture influence. Like it's super cool, actually. I didn't really know that until I got to Mexico. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of design aesthetic and architecture styles that come from the Middle East. And of course, you know, customs, some words, and also food. So Mexican cooks took what most of us know as a hero, gyro, or shawarma, and made a couple adaptations. The first and probably biggest is that the meat is always pork instead of what they would use in the Middle East, which is probably beef, lamb, or turkey in, in, in some countries as well. So in Mexico, what was the, the most common animal? And that was the pig. So pastor tacos are made with pork. And unlike the Middle East, the, in Mexico, they have to use the seasonings that they have that are local. So unlike the Middle Eastern meat, this has a Mexican twist because it is seasoned and marinated with chili guajillo and chili de arbol. That one is tree chili and the first chili is guajillo chili. Those are, are grown in Mexico, native to Mexico. And they also give the pastor the red color so there's also a bunch of other spices and ingredients indigenous to, to central Mexico that are added into the pastor marinade mixture. And, you know, places will add in their own kind of special seasonings and, you know, tricks and, you know, secret ingredients kind of things. But guajillo and chile de arbol are pretty common standard things in, in a pastor marinade. And the third distinction from, you know, a Middle Eastern meat on a trompo or on a spit is that pastor gets pineapple in it. And this is like, you know, the classic mixture of, of salty and sweet. So at the top of the trompo, you'll see just like a whole pineapple sitting up there. And one that's, it's like dripping the, the juice onto the meat. So giving it a little bit of that. And also they'll put a piece, a little slice of the pineapple into the pastor tacos. So 
Now you have kind of uh, an overview of what Pastor is. There are, honestly, I think there's like Pastor on every single block in Mexico City. I cannot confirm that. But I have a suspicion. Some blocks have more than one. But you're not going to ever run out of places to eat Pastor in Mexico City. So a few of the, of the famous places, let's call them. Uh, one is Taqueria Orinoco. And this is very, very popular, I noticed, among visitors to Mexico City. So if you're going to visit, and anyone you know has been to Mexico City before, they're probably going to ask you if you went to Orinoco. So Orinoco's amazing. They have a really amazing pastor. But Orinoco also has something um, which most taquerias don't have because they're from, it's a chain in the northern Mexican city of Monterrey. And in Monterrey and in the north of Mexico, it's much more of a beef place. And so they have por, uh, pastor. You can get pastor in carne de res, which is beef, which is, you know, not necessarily common to be able to get two tacos that are both amazing and so different under one roof. So Orinoco is very, a very popular spot. It's on a very popular street. It's actually at the intersection of two very popular streets. And they're open from something like 11 a.m. to 4 a.m. So you can, always, you can always grab something in there. And I cannot recommend this place enough. I, I had an apartment across the street from, from it for just for like a short time. Like two weeks, I think I had that apartment. And I was there like every day. It was... Um, you know, it was a great life decision. Like it was not a great decision for my clothing fitting properly, but it was a great decision for my like overall happiness and well-being. But if you, if you do go or when you do go, pro tip that Orinoco has nothing vegetarian or vegan. They have beans on the menu, frijoles charros, they call them, but even those have pork in them. So not, not a vegan or vegetarian option in here. But for those who eat meat, you must go and you must try. There are three types of tacos. They only serve three types. Pastor, res, and chicharron. So that's pastor, carne de res is beef, and chicharron is fried pork skin, which is, you can find that in several places in Mexico City, but they do it again like norteño style here. All of their menu is kind of norteño style. So commonly, uh, how preparations are done in the north of Mexico. So it's a little unique to Mexico City, which is in central Mexico. And with a cuisine as regional as Mexican cuisine, it, it's, they're both called chicharron, but they're totally, totally different. So taqueria orinoco. And another place I'm going to mention for you, I personally don't think this is the, the greatest place to eat pastor, but they are located all over this city. They're pretty famous. And one of their claims to fame is that they actually say they invented the tacos al pastor. And the name of this uh, restaurant chain is El Tizoncito. And, you know, that statement that they invented it is pretty hotly debated. You know, there's a lot of contention around saying we invented pastor. But they claim that they do. And I think their salsas are actually really amazing more so than I love their pastor. But you might want to check out the people that claim that they invented pastor while you're in Mexico City. Uh, there is a street 
which might be the most famous street in the entire world for tacos. It's Lorenzo Uturini Street. And uh, this is easier if you head to the blog because there's a map. So you'll get, uh, you'll get to see everything on a map and it'll make more sense. So some of the actual most famous places to eat pastor are on this street. Now, what the, what the Chilangos, the Mexico City residents and locals do, is if they don't live anywhere around here, this is where you stop on your way to the airport when you're, when you're leaving town. And there's three that are within like four blocks of each other that are, are very well known. And again, if you head to the blog, which is linked in the show notes, you're going to get a Google map with 50 places to eat tacos. And if, you know, you might want to go here during your stay in Mexico City, but definitely on the way out of town, you're going to want to hit up Tacaria Los Guerros, uh, Tacaria Garabacho, and Tacaria El Pastorcito. And there's a bunch more on that street, but those three are like right next to each other and super, super well-known and definitely a local's pastor experience. And the, the last place I'm going to talk about quickly is El Vilcito. Vilcito. That word is hard for me. El Vilcito. And this place is just like an experience. This is, <laughs> it is a car mechanic garage during the day and at night a tacos al pastor spot. So yeah, that should give you an idea of just like what being in Mexico City is like. It's just, you know, it's crazy. It's big, it's total big city randomness like that. It's, I think it's, it's just like being in New York City you know, it's anything goes and there's all these weird exceptions to the rules and places that are car mechanics during the day and pastor spots at night. So this is a late night spot and it's definitely an experience <laughs> that you must have by going there. I can't really explain it to you. Like people run your food to you. Like it's just, it's crazy and hectic and late night and something you should check out. El Vilcito. Okay, but honestly, the best way to do this is just head to, head to the blog. There's Everything's linked there, and it's going to make a lot more sense when you're looking at it on a map. Okay, so that's Pastor. Okay, so now we know that the undisputed heavyweight taco champion of the Mexico City world is tacos al pastor we are not going to deny that however my favorite tacos are not tacos al pastor <laughs> now i love a tacos al pastor but my favorite are actually barbacoa tacos so barbacoa translates to barbecue more or less transliterates to barbe uh, barbecue and while barbacoa in mexico differs from american barbecue it is taken just as seriously as barbecue in like U.S. meccas of barbecue like Texas and Tennessee, Kansas City. So in Mexico, much like in the U.S., barbacoa is like a weekend tradition. However, this doesn't just mean it's something eaten on the weekends, but it's also only available on the weekends in Mexico City. Sometimes on Fridays as well you can find it. The reason for this is 
that barbacoa takes all week to properly prepare and cook. So something you need to understand about Mexico City food and Mexican food is that it's super regional and it varies from state to state. The state most associated with barbacoa is Hidalgo, which is located just next to Mexico City. The type of meat used differs also from region to region, but Hidalgo style barbacoa is made from borrego, which is sheep. So many of Mexico City's best barbacoa is found on street food stands that usually actually disappear entirely during the week and return for weekends only. Now, how does this magic happen? You might wonder, well, this is how. So families and businesses from the state of Hidalgo, next door to Mexico City, will prepare and cook the barbacoa during the week. And then very, very early, like 3, 4 a.m. early, on Saturday morning, they package it all up, load it up into their vans, and drive it over to Mexico City. Then they set up temporary street food stands where they will sell the barbacoa on Saturday until it runs out on Sunday, which is usually by like 3 p.m. or so. Sunday afternoon, it'll start going. So Chilangos, Mexico City dwellers and natives, start consuming their barbacoa really early on Saturday morning, like 8 a.m. the stands will start packing up. And by 10, 11, they're just gonna be packed. So by from 8 a.m. Saturday morning till 3 p.m. Sunday afternoon, that's your window to eat barbacoa in Mexico City. So you can't, you can't miss it. And pro tip, when you do order, bar order barbacoa, it's always ordered with a side of consomme, which is just like a soup or a broth. And this is actually one of Mexico City's preferred hangover cures, which is why people are starting to, to have it as early as 8 a.m. On, on Saturday morning. So one of the most well-known places for barbacoa in Mexico City, if not the most well-known, is called El Hidalguense. Hidalguense is like a slang for person of Hidalgo, the state of Hidalgo. So this place is like the real deal. Like Chilangos come from all over Mexico City to eat here to get their weekend barbacoa fix. And there's some great reasons for this. Um, so although blue corn tortillas are considered the traditional tortilla for barbacoa, not everywhere serves them, but Hidalguense serves them. And I don't know if it's just because they're like rare, <laughs> but I always get excited with a blue corn tortilla. I feel like I'm like uber authentic, but they're, you know, they're just delicious. I mean, they're also delicious. So they also go a little bit further for authenticity and they prepare a traditional salsa borracha which goes with barbacoa and salsa borracha means drunk salsa and it's like a really thick red salsa that's made with pulque which is a 1000 plus year old alcoholic drink that's made from the sap of the maguey which is agave and it's still consumed in Mexico City to this day. It's a super old Aztec drink. And they put it in this, this one specific type of salsa for bar barbacoa called salsa borracha, drunk salsa. And you can get that too. You can try that too at El Hidalguense. So a pro tip for this place specifically is that 
The minimum order is one kilo, which is 2.2 pounds. So either like round up some friends or be prepared to leave with a whole lot of leftovers. But tip two is to get there early because it gets crowded. Like by 11, you're going to have, you might have a 45 minute wait. Uh, I lived actually around the corner from this place and there was always a line outside, out the door every weekend without fail. But, you know, it is actually delicious and they're going to offer a couple things that not every barbacoa place in the city is going to offer. But if you do want to check out like a street stand, um, one, the other really popular for tourists and visitors neighborhoods of Mexico City is La Condesa. It's located right next to Roma, which is where El Hidalguense is located. And one neighborhood over is Condesa, and there's a really good street food stand, a really famous one called Danny Barbacoa. And if you head to the blog, you are going to see exactly where that is located on the taco map, which links all 50 of the best tacos in Mexico City. Okay, let's keep going on the taco tour. Here we are going to talk about a couple of types of tacos that you likely have not heard of while living in the U.S. The first one you might have, the second two you, you likely haven't. So they are tacos de carnitas, and carnitas is fried pork. The second one is tacos de canasta, and canasta means basket, and these are literally tacos in a basket. And the third one is tacos guisados, which means stews. So the first one, carnitas. Uh, carnitas are fried pork. And honestly, what's better than fried pork? <laughs> um, so this preparation of the pork is very closely associated with one of the states that neighbors Estado de Mexico, Mexico State, which is where Mexico City is located. And the name of the state where carnitas are from is called Michoacan. They handcraft these giant copper plate, uh, excuse me, bowls that they cook the carnitas in, and it's supposed to be the reason why the carnitas of Michoacan are better than anywhere else. So much like barbacoa, you know, a lot of these things they can get in Mexico City because they make the the copper pots in Michoacan, and they can bring the authentic ones over to Mexico City because they're neighboring. It's a neighboring state. So. Mexico City, as you might have now been gathering, um, is such a food mecca because like they're actually getting authentic. They're, they're, they're just, it's in central Mexico. So it, they just have access to everything right around it so they can get the food of that state, you know, le the legit food of that state you can get in Mexico City. So, carnitas, let's be honest, fried pork, not the... Maybe it's not the healthiest option, but you really must try carnitas while you're in Mexico City. And in the blog, I have uh, five places that you can find carnitas all over the city. So the second type that we're going to talk about is tacos de canasta, tacos in the basket. Now this is this is like the quintessential Mexico City street food that you eat on the go. Tacos de canasta, as the name implies, 
come in a basket. They, this is like a traveling operation, really. So you'll see a seller maybe on a bike or a moped or something, and they'll be going around the city to different, different parts, pausing at certain stops for a while to sell the tacos, and then they just pack up and go to another spot. You can find stationary tacos de canasta too, but I think the spirit of these tacos is that it's a little more of like, you know, they travel with the crowd. So this is super authentic to Mexico City. I really have never seen canastas anywhere else outside of Mexico City. So you'll see the vendors because they'll be, they'll have a canasta, a big, huge basket. And I, like, we're talking big here. There's like 200 tacos in those baskets. So you'll often see a bright blue plastic lining sticking out the sides of the basket. Now this plastic is actually keeping steam inside of the basket because these are like steamed tacos. So the plastic keeps them warm as they're being transported around. Uh, you'll also spot the vendors because they will have like giant containers of salsa strapped to the sides of their bike as they're going around town. So nowadays, more and more, the well-known or established canasta vendors are moving to like brick and mortar operations. But the spirit of these tacos is definitely eat them on the go as you walk around type of a vibe. So one of the most famous places is in Centro Histórico, which is the historic downtown of Mexico City. And this is just such like a go-to place if you want to have an authentic Chilango, which is a Mexico City local, an authentic Chilango tacos de canasta experience. And the name of the restaurant is Tacos de Canasta Los Especiales, the special basket tacos. So you sample as many of these as you like because tacos de canasta are among the cheapest way to eat in Mexico City. They, they will be about 25 cents per taco. And I think they... They might have something like 10 varieties and canasas will usually have a vegetarian like potato taco. So there's options for, for everybody at these, but super authentic to Mexico city. Highly recommend trying canastas, at least one or two. Now the last of the authentic Mexico city taco experiences that you probably are only going to have in Mexico city is tacos guisados, which means stews. Guisado is a stew. So these are like home cooking tacos. This is like, reminds you of home. This is the chicken soup of Mexico. Uh, you'll recognize a traditional guisado shop or guisado street stand because of the cazuelas, which are like the um, earthenware, terracotta colored uh, clay pots that usually have like a design painted around the side of the pot, like a, in a dark green um, kind of a paint color. And these pots serve as both what the food is cooked in and served in. So it goes from cooktop to service. So this is down home style, real deal. Now, guisado shops will have all kinds of, of different options for you to try. And there's usually vegetarian ones like chili relleno, which means stuffed chili, like a stuffed chili pepper, usually stuffed with like cheese and rice. And 
but a lot of meat options too, like picadillo is a popular one, which is like a ground beef veggie mixture. Pollo de tinga, tinga, it's kind of like a barbecue sauce, like a, a wa more watery type of a, not watery, like in a bad way, but like a thinner barbecue, barbecue sauce. Tinga is really good. It's usually with shredded chicken. Um, so those are some famous some famous kinds of guisados but for me when I want to eat mole in Mexico City I will go to a guisado shop so as we mentioned the cuisine of Mexico is super regional very 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 different from region to region state to state and mole which is pretty well known in the U.S. is from the Mexican state of Oaxaca not from it's not from one of the neighboring states of, of Estado de Mexico or where Mexico City is. So to get authentic mole for me was always a challenge in Mexico City. And I always wanted it. Mole is in my top five favorite things of Mexican food. So when I wanted it, I used to go to a guisado restaurant. They just always seemed to have like this down home cooking mole as an option. So lots of lots of guisado spots. Uh, guisados are usually done being served by afternoon, late afternoon, three o'clock. They'll they'll kind of close up. But if you see the those earthenware terracotta colored pots with just like stews in them, that's a guisado shop. So, of course, like everything on this list, definitely worth a try. Super authentic to Mexico City, and delicious, like all things in Mexico City. Okay. Let's go on to the next ones. These next two types of tacos are not from around Mexico City, really, but Mexico City is just such a food place that everything exists there. Everything Mexican exists there. So these next two are from the Yucatan Peninsula, which consists of of more than one state, but as a region, this is a regional food. And then uh, seafood tacos, which really come from two states, are very well known in two states in Mexico, and that is Baja California, all the way on the west coast, and Sinaloa, which is another coastal state of Mexico where, you know, they're very known for their seafood there. So let's start with Cochinita Pibil, which is from the Yucatan. Uh, which consists of the states Quintana Roo and Yucatan and Campeche. Uh, there's a couple states that, that are in the peninsula. So I actually live in the Yucatan and I can attest to the absolute deliciousness of Cochinita Pibil. I hope you tried it in Mexico City. So if pastor is the king of meats in Mexico City, then in the Yucatan it is undeniably Cochinita Pibil. So this is, cochinita means small pig. This is a suckling pig that is slow cooked in an underground oven, which is called a pib, P-I-B, which is probably where the pibil in cochinita comes from. So this Yucatecan delicacy gets its unique taste from achiote powder. Achiote is a plant that grows year round in the Yucatan, so it can always be used as a seasoning and the naranja agria, sour orange. So these flavors are what contribute to the unique 
taste of cochinita pibio, which is like super soft. It cooks, I think it cooks for like a day, traditionally. So you can eat your cochinita on a taco because in Mexico City, everything comes on a taco. Or the traditional way is on what is called a panucho, which actually is also a tortilla, but it is stuffed with refried black beans, which like, I don't know how they stuff a tortilla, but they do. And I just don't ask questions. I just eat it. <laughs> so both your cochinita pibil taco and the traditional panucho, which you should try at least one, try a panucho. They should be eaten topped with pickled red onions, which you'll get at any cochinita shop, or, and at least a little tiny bit of habanero salsa. Habanero is the pepper of the Yucatan, and I think my taste buds have just adapted. Like, I can totally eat habanero now, and it's, it's fine. But, you know, I had to work up to that level. But, um, yeah, it really does add, add to cochinita, so... I recommend at least a drop. You know, we went over how to try salsa. You put a little tiny drop on that space between your thumb and your pointer finger, and you see how much you can use. So the next type are tacos de mariscos, which are seafood tacos. So Mexico City is not exactly known as a seafood mecca or a seafood taco mecca, but there are some places that are deliciously highlighting the country's two main seafood styles, Estilo Baja, the one from Baja, California. Estilo means style, so it's Baja style. And Estilo Sinaloa, or Sinaloa style, from the state of Sinaloa. Uh, there's another famous area for seafood, uh, the state of Veracruz. And that they're, they make less tacos. I think they make more just like fish dishes. So since we're talking about tacos... We're not going to get into Veracruzano style, but the fish dishes really fall more under that category anyway. So Estilo Baja, Baja style from Baja, California, is what I think most Americans are familiar with when you talk about a Mexican seafood taco. And this is the style that consists of the tortilla and like a fried shrimp or a fried uh, fish, piece of fish. And then the, the cabbage slaw on top, the colorful kind of cabbage slaw, a lot of cilantro, maybe some mango, maybe some avocado, some lime to squeeze on top. Very fresh. Um, that's Estilo Baja. But I really think that outside of Baja, California and the very western coast of Mexico, I have found that the most common style in the rest of the country for seafood is Estilo Sinaloa from the state of Sinaloa and definitely in Mexico City. I, when I ate fish tacos, it was Estilo Sinaloa. Now, there's not a vast, vast difference between the two, but one of the highlights of Sinaloan seafood for me is their famous Marlin Ahumado, which means smoked marlin, and it's just the, the smoked marlin fish. It's delicious. One of the most famous places to eat uh, Estilo Sinaloa um, Tacos de Mariscos, seafood tacos, is the chain called El Pescadito, and they're all over Mexico City. There's a location in Centro Histórico, the historic downtown, Roma Norte, La Condesa. Those are the two biggest parts of the city 
where most um, visitors will, will stay. Actually, those are the three biggest, Roma, Condesa, and Centro Historico. Um, so you're likely going to stay in one of those neighborhoods, and you're going to have a pescadito near you. So definitely make sure you try one of the tacos that have the marlin ahumado, the smoked marlin. It's, it's super delicious. Okay, let's virtually eat some more. <laughs> These next couple are meat tacos, but the, the first one is, they're called Tacos Árabes. And like we mentioned, there was a huge influx of the Lebanese immigrants, Lebanese and other Middle Eastern, mostly Lebanese immigrants to Mexico and Mexico City from about 1800 to 1930. And they brought with them their, their spits to cook their meats on and that is what became the tacos al pastor. So there's a variation of pastor, which is called tacos arabes, Arabian tacos, or I think arabe can also mean oriental. So this is pretty much a pastor taco, the same as a taco al pastor, except these are not, this meat is not seasoned with the uh, chile de arbol and uh, chile guajillo like the pastor is. This is seasoned with a little more maybe traditional, let's say, ingredients to the Middle East. Garlic, oregano, onion, thyme, cumin. Again, every place will kind of vary that, that recipe a little, you know, to, to stand out or to, to do their unique spin on things. But uh, another difference of arabes is that they serve it on what is called pan arabe, bre Arabian bread. Arabic bread, which is sort of if like a tortilla and a pita bread had a baby, you would have a, a you would have a pan arabe. <laughs> and the the arabes tacos arabes places will also have um, just regular tortilla as well. But I love I love these. Um, they're definitely a nice break <laughs> from eating pastor all the time, where it's like semi pastor. <laughs> and not all the way pastor. But you'll see uh, Arabes shops, it'll look like a pastor shop, except the meat on the trompo, the spit, will not be red. It's gonna be more like a brown, brown meaty color. But it, it is also pork, the same, the same meat. So what, what other meats can you eat? Is there anything besides pork <laughs> to eat in Mexico? And yes, of course there are. Uh, Mexico, which I, I love this, um, is a whole animal eating country, like most countries outside of the U.S., although I love that the trend is, like, picking up more and more in the U.S., because it's kind of ridiculous to just eat one part of an animal. I, I don't know. For me, I eat the whole, I eat all animal parts, um, and these are known as ofal, or basically organs, organ meat. So if you want to go down the adventurous, quote-unquote adventurous path of eating, there's a, a place in Centro Historico, which is historic downtown, that is very famous for their tacos of parts, <laughs> organ meat tacos. And the name of it is Taqueria Los Cucoyos. 
And this place, this is a no frills, 25 cent, 50 cent taco joint. You eat standing up like they do in Mexico City. This was honestly one of the hardest <laughs> learning curves for me. Eating standing up is not the easiest thing. I can eat standing up like on a counter, but like eating and being have to hold your drink and your plate and stand and enjoy the meal is like a... Tr <laughs> it took time for me. I don't even know if I'm there yet, but we're getting there. I am committed to eating tacos until I figure this out. So... When you get to Los Cucuyos, you will notice a ginormous pot of animal stuff. And I don't know how they know what's what in that pot, but there is actually a menu and it has stuff like eye and brain and inner ear. And yeah, you heard that right, inner ear. So somehow they are able to discern in a giant pot what is the inner ear and what is the outer ear. And I don't know how they do it, but, but they do it. So if you really want to get an understanding a little bit of Mexico City, authentic street food culture, cheap eats, tacos on the go, just like fresh tortilla, meat, and salsa. That's what a taco is, and that's what this place is doing. So I actually learned about this place from the godfather of cool, RIP, rest in power, Anthony Bourdain. He went to this place on his episode of No Reservations, where he filmed in Mexico City. So that's how I actually heard of this place, but I've been, I had been eating there ever since trying it for the first time when I lived in Mexico City. And I love this place. So Senor Bourdain recommended the Suadero, which is actually a flank steak. So his recommendation wasn't even necessarily the organ meats. Uh, suadero is something very common to Mexico City. It's basically a flank steak. But I really like the cabeza, the head. Um, but if you're an adventurous eater, you should just go nuts here. I mean, you need to order the inner ear. <laughs> you just Where else are you going to order the inner ear? So for non-quote-unquote non-adventurous eaters, uh, there's of course the suadero, which I recommend, and so does Anthony Bourdain. And the longaniza, which is what they call chorizo in Mexico. It's a sausage, like a red sausage. And this is in Centro Historico, which I'm sure you're going to be visiting Centro Historico during your trip. But there's also a bunch of other places to get just like meat-heavy tacos. Taqueria El Chupacabra, which is located like by a metro station. This is another super authentic Mexico City joint. But you have to head to the blog because... I highlight what, how many places? Seven places with just like meat, meat, meat tacos that aren't necessarily pork, but are necessarily delicious. Okay, we're almost at the end of the taco tour. Here we are in the home stretch of Mexico City tacos. Like, did you really imagine there were so many kinds of tacos? I, I always tell Americans that I, I still am in contact with about that, you know, and it's not just chicken or beef or veggie, you know, or soft or hard shell. And yeah, there probably are places that eat hard shell tacos. I've really never seen them throughout my journeys in Mexico, but you know, I'm not going to call them not authentic because I don't really know. I've never had them. 
it's always a soft tortilla but uh, actually there are some fried options that we are going to talk about that are kind of crunchy shell tacos so we're going to get to those in a second but the first one that I want to talk about are vegan tacos now I did not say vegan for last because I have some kind of vegan hate um, I actually love vegetables I love vegetables more than meat but I'm not vegan so you know I didn't know how credible of a source I am to talk about vegan tacos but what I am is someone who ate a lot of tacos and loves vegetables and loves anything delicious so I've been to half the states in Mexico and it definitely seems that of all states Mexico City has the only big vegan community and it's still emerging it's still coming up but I found, I lived there for about a year, I found new, new vegan places popping up all the time. And it was, it was super awesome because it was all these like younger chefs and you know, you could just feel their passion. It was pretty obvious that <laughs> they felt oppressed under probably years of their parents making the meat pork. And just being like, you know what? I'm doing my own thing now. This is what it's about. I'm not eating pork anymore. It's such a rebellious kind of like a punk rock vibe to the vegan the vegan scene that's emerging, and it's so cool. Um, it's it was like being there when something was just getting started, building from the ground up. But yeah, Mexico City is definitely the vegan mecca <laughs> of Mexican vegan cuisine. But again, I'm not vegan, so I don't think I'm the best source to really talk about vegan. But I can tell you about what is definitely known as Mexico City's best vegan, and it is Por Siempre Vegana Taqueria, a forever vegan taqueria, taco shop. I lived like seven buildings over from this taco shop on the corner, so I could actually see it from my window. and. This place, the line for this place used to get like, I don't even know because it would wrap around the corner, but I would see like at least 30 people in the line before it got to the corner and wrapped around even further. So this line could get like 50 people deep, but you know, there's a good reason for that. There's a good reason for that. People will wait for good food. My favorite taco there was the Seitan chimichurri, the chimichurri taco. And I used to eat it all the time. I was lucky that I could just kind of roll roll in at the exact minute that they opened because I lived so close. So I used to avoid the line that way. And that's a pro tip if you're going to check this place out. Just get there when they open, which was 2 p.m. when I lived in Mexico City. But I think they've changed their hours since then. But it, they are linked in the blog, which is linked in the show notes. So you can go to to their page and get their hours. Um, I took a lot of people to eat here because actually people just were, were hearing about this place through the grapevine. And I was like, I live there. That's where I live. That's my downstairs taqueria actually. And I went here with a bunch of people and I don't think any of them were vegan. I don't think I went here with a single vegan now that I'm thinking about it. But Everyone just fell in love with this place. Like their food is, is just seriously legit. And it's a nice break, you know. Mexico's pretty pork heavy. Um, so this is a really nice break 
you know, to even just have something different. That's also amazing and delicious and on the street and cheap and etc. etc. So Por Siempre Vegana Taqueria, Forever Vegan Taqueria, is undisputedly the most famous place to eat vegan tacos in Mexico City. And I just happen to live right by it. So I have that little bit of insight, insider knowledge. But there's another place I, I try that was really good called La Pita Haya Vegana. La Pita Haya is the dragon fruit, the pink dragon fruit with kind of the like spiky looking things coming off of it. Uh, it's a really delicious fruit, uh, not super common in the U.S., but super common in Mexico City and in Mexico. So Pita Haya is actually famous for their pink tortillas. So they make uh, pink tortillas for their tacos. If you Google Mexico City vegan, you're going to see a million pictures of the pink tacos. They're pretty insta-famous. But this place is actually really good. It started as a tiny little like a long hallway kind of a restaurant that had like, I think they just had like counter seating and now they have like a few locations in Mexico city. So they're, they're popping up more and more because this place is really, really good. And their food is really beautiful. If that's something that applies to you. So as promised, here are, <laughs> here's the closest I could come to figuring out crispy tacos <laughs> the crispy hard shell tacos in Mexico City. And that is flautas and tostadas. So flautas, you may have heard of these um, in the US. They're, it's, a, it's like a taco. So let's say we're making a taco. We have a tortilla, we put the filling. And then instead of folding the taco over to eat it, we roll it up like a cigar and then you fry that. And that's a flauta. Here they will come served with crema, cream, lettuce, shredded lettuce, and some uh, shredded cheese as well on top. And you know, you're gonna get your salsas, of course. And that's it. But there's another style called flautas ajogadas, which actually means drowned flautas. And they're gonna come like drowned, quote unquote, in, in a salsa. And both styles are really, really delicious. So the last thing I could come up with for a crispy taco is a tostada. Uh, tostadas might be something you've also heard of in the U.S. And a tostada is basically a taco, uh, excuse me, a tortilla. And the tortilla itself is fried and it's flat. It comes out fried and flat. And then a, a filling or a topping is placed on top of that tortilla. And then you put your salsa, some lime juice, whatever. And then you eat that. It's not rolled like a, like a Taco Bell. <laughs> Um, crispy taco shell. I'm glad I got to mention Taco Bell at least once. <laughs> Mexicans ask me about Taco Bell all the time. So it's kind of funny to be asked the question, have you eaten at a Taco Bell? Like it's like urban legend here. It's, it's kind of funny, but so yeah, Taco Bell exists. They don't exist in Mexico. I haven't eaten at a Taco Bell in a long time, but so, okay. Tostadas. <laughs> Sorry about that. Tostadas. They a, an amazing, amazing place, probably the most famous place in the city to get your tostada fix is the Mercado de Coyoacan, the Coyoacan Market. Coyoacan is a neighborhood in southern Mexico City. It's so beautiful. It's picturesque. It's old school. It's like, you know, like the cobblestone streets and 
very old buildings. There's a church from like the 16th century, um, a beautiful big plaza in the middle. There's a fountain with two coyotes in the center park in Coyoacan. And actually Coyoacan comes from the Aztec word, which means coyote or coyotes, I'm not sure. But anyway, this fountain has two coyotes. So Coyoacan is a really popular, uh, like I guess like a day trip. It's about an hour from Mexico City with the traffic. And it's a great place to just kind of walk around and, and experience what an old school Mexico City neighborhood really feels like. It's kind of like untouched in its way. It looks like something out of a painting or a movie. And in fact, Coyoacan is in a movie. It is in the movie Frida, because this is the neighborhood that she lived in with Diego Rivera. And these are arguably Mexico's two most famous artists of all time. And Frida, the Frida Kahlo Museum is actually what's really called the Casa Azul, the Blue House, which is named after the Blue House that these two lived in together. And if you watch the movie, you'll see that it's like, all that beautiful neighborhood, all the beautiful exterior shots when she's out, you know, Frida's outside and stuff. That's in Coyoacan. They filmed it in Coyoacan. So after you go to the Frida Museum, a.k.a. the Blue House, you're going to be hungry. <laughs> so you can just walk over to the Mercado, Mercado de Coyoacan for your tostadas. And there's a very famous place inside to get the tostadas and you'll see they just have big bowls sitting around with like maybe 20 or 30 different toppings that you put on top of the tostada to eat and some of the famous ones are tinga de pollo uh, which is like a barbecue sauce and a shredded chicken uh there's a lot of seafood options and yeah it's it's like you can experience a traditional mexican mercado and the tostadas, which are very much associated with this mercado, and enjoy the rest of your day at the Freedom Museum and in beautiful Coyoacan. So that's what I, that's it. I mean, there was a lot, but that's the end of it. <laughs> I hope you learned some stuff about all the types of tacos and honestly there's more types I just you know you have to stop somewhere but that was a pretty good list you got a pretty good list and if you head to the blog and from there you're even there's even more info and there's also the Google map with 50 places pinned to the map ready to go for you everything from like meat to seafood to vegan it's there is stuff for everybody on the list on the map and it's totally free so if you're headed to Mexico City if you know someone headed to Mexico City it's a pretty useful guide you can do your own kind of taco tour and I hope that was helpful I hope that map is helpful and I hope that this podcast was helpful so for now that's going to be it and yeah please go to Mexico City eat even if you just go there and eat like if you do a trip of eating to Mexico City you're a smart person you're a very smart person if you came to me and were like all I did was eat I went there to eat I would be like yes of course you did <laughs> it's 
their food is a UN, Mexican food is a UN international heritage. <laughs> it, is, it is something worth being preserved and everyone should experience it. Okay, well, I hope you do. For now, adios. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you're starting to see just how achievable your solo travel dreams are. If this episode resonated with you and you know other women it will resonate with, please share it with them. Let's grow a supportive community of both aspiring solo female travelers and solo travel veterans so we can learn from and more importantly, empower one another. Ready to join the community? Head to our private Facebook group called Dream to Destination and let's chat. If you're also curious about my solo travel adventures in Mexico, then you'll want to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Mexico Solo for both. On the socials, I share all of my colorful Mexico photos, my destination recommendations, and links to my related Mexico travel blog posts each and every day. All the social media pages I just mentioned are linked in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here. I appreciate it so much that you're supporting the Dream to Destination podcast. But as a brand spanking new podcast, I will ask you to please, please, please help me spread the word. How can you help with that? It's super easy. Hit subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. By doing those quick four things, you're going to be helping other women find us and go on to achieve their solo travel dreams as well. Until next time, dream on.